And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Welcome to the NBA Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. Ding, ding. How about we can just watch basketball? I like that idea. Welcome to the Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. We are live after the Nuggets beat the Lakers 132 to 126, an incredible opener to the Western Conference Finals. I'm Jared Weiss. I'm joined by Mo DeKeel. We have Daniel Lehman producing. And Mo, uh, Jokic was incredible. I mean, shocking, right? Like, that's just what he's done throughout the entire playoffs. I mean, we've talked about Jimmy Butler being unbelievable throughout the playoffs. We've talked about Devin Booker being unbelievable throughout the playoffs. But really, the guy who's been absolutely amazing has been Jokic throughout all of this. And he kind of showed it tonight. Jared, in the first quarter, in the first quarter of this game, he had 8, 12, and 5. <laughs> it's absurd. He had, it's he absurd. had like five offensive rebounds in the first two minutes of the game. I mean, we'll, we, we can get into that if you want yeah. for a moment. But uh, just Jokic was just unbelievable in this game. Like the way he kind of came out, this was an unbelievable start to the conference finals for him and you're looking at it going like this has been him throughout the entire playoffs and I think it's it's kind of fun to watch he's just such an amazing player I mean this was the perfect example if you're someone who hasn't really had a chance to watch Jokic night in night out this is your first real introduction to him you're probably watching him tonight thinking what sport is he playing because it doesn't look like basketball it's some blend of handball and basketball and football I think I don't know but it's just like he was just playing at his own speed, which is an extremely slow speed. And it didn't seem to matter what anyone, whether it was Rui Hachimura, who defended him a lot of this game, AD, who had a great game eventually, but I know you're probably going to be frustrated with some stuff from early on. But like nothing that they were doing was slowing down Jokic until the very end of this game. Yeah, I think really the big change for them was, you know, when they took AD off of him and put AD on Gordon, and Gordon was kind of clogging things up by being in the dunker spot really opened up opportunities for them and give credit to Rui Hachimura for being able to stand him up a little bit in the post. I was kind of impressed that that was able to work. I mean, but ultimately, like, I just want to be honest with you, Jared, there's not a team out there that has an answer for him. That's why he's been unbelievable. That's why he was the two time MVP. That's why he was in a superstar long before some NBA analyst decide to crown him a superstar. Now he was a superstar before that. This is, this is what Jokic has become. And he's just an unstoppable force and teams got to figure out how we're going to attack him and pick your poison. And I think that's a real challenging situation for a lot of teams across the NBA, not just the Lakers. Okay, let's jump to the end here because this game ended up being phenomenal. Uh, The Lakers, they were just hanging around. They were down big, but they were hanging around the entire game and then start a crunch time 17 to three run where they keep stopping Jokic. Murray's shots are missing for like once in this game. And LeBron was just doing a great job picking apart that show and recover defense that they were doing. Yeah, I think let's just start on the offensive end because that's where Austin Reeves really started to cook. 
And I think the 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 showing with Murray, and that's what they're going to do. They're going to keep attacking, going to keep attacking Jamal Murray. Whoever he's guarding, that guy's going to be in the screening action. And even on opportunities where there was a play where they took him off Reeves and Schroeder went to set the screen. And then off of actions, the ball gets to Schroeder. Schroeder drives baseline, kicks it out, and Reeves gets a wide open look at a three. He misses it. But they're getting wide open looks out of that stuff. This is going to be a big thing for Denver to have to figure out what how they're going to solve this part of the problem when they get into game two. It's nice to do that off of a win, but they really let the Lakers back into this game. Their offense kind of came to a screeching halt, and then their defense sort of fell apart. Yeah, so just for anyone watching who doesn't know how show and recover works, basically what LeBron was doing is because he was dominating Murray in the switches early on and Gordon was covering him in the fourth quarter, whenever Reeves would screen for him, they would do a guard screen for him. He would kind of go out into the open space by half court. Murray would have to race over and jump over the screen. So there's kind of a temporary trap loosely on LeBron and Reeves would just dart to the opposite end of the three point line and be completely wide open. And eventually Denver just kind of got in rotation trying to take that away. And the Lakers almost were able to find open shots every single time to be able to actually pull off the comeback. Yeah. And to be honest, they were down three, you know, with about a minute left and had the ball and in transition, Murray ended up on LeBron James, and I was actually really disappointed with LeBron in that possession because he didn't attack. He literally dribbled, 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 and then pulled up for a three. When you have Jamal Murray on, you get downhill, attack him. He's not going to stop you. He had five fouls at that point in the game as well. You could have fouled him out of the game and got into the rim, and I think that was something that an opportunity that left by the Lakers right there. But Nuggets got away with one here because they looked at times disinterested, a little bit sloppy in the second half with how they were kind of approaching things. They they made some ridiculous shots. Jared, that shot Yoka shit at the end of the third. <laughs> what the hell was that? Man? Yeah, no. and, then, and then Murray had another one just like it a few minutes later. I mean, Jokic, so if anyone didn't see it, Jokic had like at the end of the third quarter as the buzzer's going off, basically a weird turnaround fadeaway Larry Bird asked key from behind his head right over. Was it? Was it uh, over AD? AD. It was over, over AD. AD from like 35 to 40 feet away. And it just caught net like it was nothing. It was it unbelievable. Was, it, it was ridiculous. But that's the kind of stuff like there was some ridiculous shot making from the, the Nuggets. And I think once that started to slow down, the Lakers really kind of found a group. It's an interesting. This is an interesting series. This could have this should have easily been a 20 point win for the Nuggets. And I think they kind of put their foot off the gas a little bit. And that kind of allowed the Lakers to come in and they nearly stole one. We haven't gotten to the main reason why that happened. Anthony Davis, just phenomenal game. I mean, tough start offensively early on. Okay, so yeah. No, no, so, no, 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 no. I'm gonna finish. Go ahead. Go ahead. Finish your thing. Okay, it was a tough start early on, and there I definitely had some defensive concerns, but he was making some plays, but he ended up with 40 points on 14 for 23 shooting. Uh, The adjustment to take him, there goes my light, take him off of Jokic and let him roam at the rim was huge, especially because for some reason Denver wasn't putting Aaron Gordon anywhere on the perimeter. They were letting AD park at the rim. So I thought AD in the aggregate had a phenomenal game, but I don't know if you did. No, I'm not I'm not going phenomenal game. Look, he had 40 points. We're going to look at the numbers and oh, this is amazing. His defense in the first half absolutely sucked. 
and I mean it in transition. He was slow in getting back, was very lazy in that regard. I, he got killed on the boards. I mean, at one point, the entire Lakers squad got crushed on the boards. At one point, the Nuggets had missed 11 shots and had nine offensive rebounds. <laughs> they out-rebounded the Lakers early in this game, 20-3. to three. The first quarter was 22-5. to five. Like, that's an area where AD's got to be there. He's got to be unbelievable in that respect. And I'm sorry, I'm going to hold him to a higher standard. I don't care that he had 40 points. He gave up just as much on the defensive end, and that's a problem there. And it wasn't until they switched him off of Jokic that he began to find a groove defensively. They need him on Jokic because, like you said, eventually Denver's going to adjust, and Gordon's not going to be hanging in the dunker spot so AD can clog that lane. I don't know if Rui Hachimura can continue to do a semi-decent job on Jokic in the post. So 80's got to step up there on that end. So we're going to say, all, oh, wow, what an amazing game. The numbers, all of this stuff. Defensively, he was not very good and got away with it. Yeah, and a big part you didn't even get into is, I think you actually tweeted a clip of this, is AD trying to chase Jokic around all those pin down screens at the free throw line and the ways that they managed to somehow turn Jokic into like a roaming shooter. He was just not he had no sense of urgency. It he wasn't, wasn't chasing him. No, no, no. Yeah, it wasn't chasing around. He just watched it happen. <laughs> like, that's genuinely the effort you're getting in the conference finals, like the, in the first half. And I don't want to hear altitude, all this stuff. I'm tired of that bullshit. It's plain and simple. You've got to play in that instance harder and tougher in that area. The Lakers' first quarter is really what let them down in this game. They could have really won this game if they had just shown up in the first quarter and it wasn't just him, their defensive intensity was lacking throughout the entire game until the end where they go on a crazy run. Yeah. I mean, at least they have Rui to bang against them. Uh, they'll have to find someone, maybe Thomas. Bri oh wait, never mind. Tristan Thompson, maybe that'll be fun. Uh, this is good. If there's going to be some Thompson's weird playing, personnel in this series. If Tristan Thompson you know. is playing in this series, important minutes or real minutes, just forfeit the series. <laughs> Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Okay, so serious outlook from here. Nuggets were incredible. Then they gave it up late. Lakers show they have the fight. And it's the first game in Denver. It's always an adjustment. So are we going seven? Is, do we know who's winning the series? I think we're going, I'm going still nuggets and six. Um, I think that's more my, I, they're just a better team at the end of the day. But there were some, a lot of things. If you're the Lakers, you can like one, the fight to come back. Like that's impressive. I think they could have easily let this game kind of slip away and, and, and Hey, let's just come back for game two and two nights. Um, I think the, Murray attacking Murray consistently in the pick and roll, something we'll see a lot more of. I think we'll see even a more aggressive LeBron in game in game two. Um, and you know, we'll have to see how it kind of 
how they figure all of this stuff out as they go through it. Um, but I think it's closer than it's going to be, but I think it's still going to be a six game series. All right. Uh, we are moving on to basically Moda kills entire resume. We're going to start with doc rivers. He is out of Philadelphia. Mo, do you want to pump your fist for everybody? No, I'm not. I don't, I'm not going to jump their joy that, that doc lost his job. I think we kind of sort of figured it was going to happen at this point, you know, um, just the, his record at elimination games is still Mm -hmm. just staggers me. I think it's 16 to 33. Um, that's just such a wild number in that sense to be that, that bad in, 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 in closeout games is, is unbelievable there. Um, I think this Sixers team had a lot of issues. I don't think coaching was, I thought doc did a good job in the regular season. I think he made some questionable stuff in the, in the playoffs. I don't think them losing game seven was him though. I think they had, he had a good series in, against Boston. He definitely, yeah, except for game six. Yeah, I think those exactly. last few minutes in game six will haunt him for a long time. And I think that's one of the reasons why he's so defensive about we were, we were, we technically won the analytically. We won that game by 20, uh, stupid quote before that. game yeah. seven. Um, I think that's more just a defensive thing, but I mean, it's, I say it all the time. Coaching it, when a coach gets fired, it's not whether they deserve to be fired. It's whether the guys are still listening, whether they're, they're, they're in or not in him and, you know, it's it's the quote from Batman. You know, you either die the hero or you live long enough to be the villain. And that's the coaching life cycle with the team. When Doc came, everybody, oh, this is awesome. We have Doc. We're going to win a championship. I know it. I experienced it with the Clippers. And then you run them out of town when they don't. So I think that's just the way it goes. Yeah, and I was I covered that series. I was there for all of it. I thought Doc was doing a very good job. Uh, obviously, game one, phenomenal coaching job just to get them up. I mean, we know how it is. I I, I think I saw Sheed uh, on his pod talking about this earlier today or yesterday, how Doc was obviously a people manager, but he would call stuff in the huddle, and then they would walk out onto the court and be like, screw that, we're doing our own thing. And the adjustments thing has always been the main criticism of it on him. And I thought he did a pretty good job with those throughout the series, especially because Harden was so Jekyll and Hyde. I'm not going to put that on Doc. I mean, the Celtics were giving Harden layups, and he was passing them up. Uh, They had a great game plan to take away the pocket pass from Embiid. He was able to get Tobias Harris, P.J. Tucker, Melton to play really well. Maxi, they were giving him the shots that he needs. He just didn't really do that well and showed he wasn't quite ready to take over at that point. But this was mostly on Harden and Embiid being hurt. I mean, Embiid could have done more later in the series, but Embiid was pretty banged up and slowed down at that point. So maybe Philly comes back next year and they're better. Maybe that could have happened with Doc. But I get it. At this point, they are so desperate. The time, the window is slamming shut on them. Harden might be gone. Harden's probably gone, even with Doc out. So I get why they wanted to make a drastic change. And speaking of drastic change, San Antonio Spurs have, who might be, according to everyone on Twitter, the greatest player in NBA history already. Victor Wamanyama is presumably getting drafted number one overall by Modekil's former San Antonio Spurs. Yeah, I mean, it's a nice day for San Antonio. I mean, this was a big one there. Uh, you know, heartbreak for teams like Portland that jumped into the top four and, and you know, Houston and Charlotte. But, hey, uh, I like that spot for for Wembenyama. It's I mean, forget about Pop and the uh, development and infrastructure that organization has. I like the pieces he has around him. I like that he's going to have Sohan around him. 
Devin Vassell, Keldon Johnson. Like this is this is a team. I'm going to steal a line from our colleague Seth Bart now. Um, this is a team that had all the appetizers but no steak. Now they got a steak in Victor Webemyama. So it's going to be a question of how how well do they cook it and how do they make everything work together. But I think when you look at this for the Spurs, this is an exciting, exciting time, obviously. And and you know, listen for Charlotte who has the second pick. I think Scoot's going to be really interesting for them. Uh, fork and a knife is what they really need in San Antonio. They need some playmakers to actually get Webby the ball. Um, and then the scoot situation, uh, or Brandon Miller, maybe it's going to be really interesting there. Uh, but Wemby on the Spurs, honestly, probably a good thing in that he's in a small market where he's just going to be worshipped right away, not be pressured right away. Obviously, they have a pretty good tra- track record of drafting centers number one overall over the years. And I guess 25 years from Frenchman. now. And track record with Frenchman. That's very true. Well, um, for Tony Parker and Mo DeKeel, Jared Weiss, Daniel Lehman is our producer. LeBron James is still uh, trying to attack and miss a shot. Nikola Jokic is still throwing dimes all over the place. And this is the Daily Ding on the Athletic NBA Show. Can't believe you forgot about Boris Diaw. Ding, ding. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.